What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, what happened on the yellow line last week? What's the city's new migrant shelter plan? And what are you thankful for? I'm here with executive producer Simone Alisea to talk about it all. It's Tuesday, November 21st. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. With the holidays upon us, we got a short week and we definitely wanted to pack in the news before we take a quick break. Every Tuesday, the team gets together to look at some big stories, some local debates, honestly, anything that we feel like Chicago is talking about this week. And definitely right now, Chicago is talking about the Yellow Line train crash. A service on the Yellow Line from Howard to Skokie and Dempster was still suspended Monday after a train crashed into a city snowplow going 30 miles per hour late last week and nearly 40 people were injured. Investigators were in the city over the weekend. Simone, what happened? Well, so investigators are still here from the National Transportation Safety Board. Um, but here's what kind of what we know so far. It sounds like um, the the Transportation Safety Board called it a design issue. Basically, the train didn't have enough space to break before hitting the snowplow. Um, and that had to do with uh, sort of standards that were set for an older design of train car and didn't take into account newer, heavier train cars that need more time to break. Um, that is sort of the the long and short, the initial um, findings, but there are still a lot of questions. Like I said, investigators are still here. There are questions about um, whether there was residue on the tracks. Like, so you can think about like, you know, when you're driving and it's wet outside, right? It takes you longer to brake. There are questions about like if there were residue on the tracks that made the braking slower. Um, and some, you know, there are also questions about uh, sort of outside transportation experts have asked about um, an automatic braking system that yep. the NTSB has recommended uh, for all train systems for, for years and years and years and years. But the CTA doesn't have to comply with the same uh, kind of federal oversight that other train lines do, like Metro and Amtrak do. And so there are questions about that, questions about residue on the tracks, and then also questions about, like, why was there a city plow on the train tracks <laughs> exactly. to begin with? Uh, the CTA said it had to do with um, it had to do with training. There was there was training going on for, you know, mm -hmm. when snow happens and but yeah i think certainly for the people who were on the train um sort of just general questions abound about like why like what was going on here and why did it why was breaking such an issue and just um i think a really scary experience for for everyone who was there 
Yeah, obviously we threw budget season at this point, but I imagine this is something that will be coming up when we think about CTA infrastructure investments. There was a Sun-Times piece that talked to some of the people who were on that train. And as you can imagine, I mean, CTA already has some 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 bumpy tracks. There's some moments when the train is going to shift side to side. There are already some moments where, you know, you break and you start bumping into other people. But for some of the folks who are on that train, they, they have some of these same questions like, why wasn't uh, something done faster? Why was was their equipment on the tracks and you know some people saying well I don't have a choice but to ride CTA and so now I'm sort of having to deal with uh, the, the kind of residual panic and concern when I'm riding a train and so you know there there's still people who are recovering this is just another thing people are, are now worried about even more and I, I really feel for those people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's you're right to kind of put it in the context of like other issues that the CTA has had. It's weird because it's not the same thing, right? Crashes are very mm -hmm. rare. Um, yep. It's it's like, right, that's not a super common thing. The investigator from the NTSB sort of made a really strong statement over the weekend saying like, it is still safe to ride the CTA. Like, mm -hmm. I would ride the CTA. I would ride it tomorrow. Like, this is this is overall, the CTA is a really safe um, train line in term in that in that sense, in terms of, right, it's unlikely uh, that a crash is going to happen. But that said, when, you know, I do think like this tends to shake people a lot and the CTA has already struggled so much over the past few years between low ridership, between issues around not being able to hire enough operators and then that leading to issues of reliability and cleanliness. Um, they just want to be focused on the holiday train right now. Like right. where can you go see the holiday train? Where can you get your pictures? Where can you ride it? And, and like you said, I, I agree. This is this is rare and we don't want to, you know, you know, send panic through riders. But again, I, I just feel for those people who got hurt. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Another big story that came down last week was a 60-day migrant shelter limit. Uh, Brandon Johnson announced a 60-day limit that says uh, it's meant to speed up resettlement efforts for the thousands of asylum seekers living in Chicago. Uh, and all new arrivals to a shelter on or after last Friday will receive a 60-day notice upon intake. Uh, Simone, I mean, from Wednesday last week when he announced it to Friday when it went in, it feels like it was sort of fast-paced. And I don't know if people really got the details from this, right? We, we've been hearing so much about last uh, last minute about when people are arriving, last minute about where a shelter may pop up. And now we're hearing last minute about the limits on people who are there. I mean, what are some of the details here? This is a kind of a departure from 
how Chicago has approached sheltering new arrivals so far. And to be fair, the sheltering of new arrivals has been um, sort of, uh, it's been very kind of patchwork, right? And we have covered on this show, you know, week after week, month after month of, oh, a shelter is popping up in this old building in this neighborhood and a shelter is popping up in this old building in this neighborhood and this hotel is going to become a shelter. Um, And this is the first time that the city is saying, okay, there's a limit on how long new arrivals can stay in these shelters, including people who have been here since last year, right, when when buses started arriving to Chicago. Um, so there's a lot of dates and numbers here, but basically folks who entered, uh, you know, in 2022 and who have entered sort of up until last Friday will begin to receive 60-day notices sort of on a, on a rolling basis. So like some people receive that notice notice on Friday. Some people are going to begin receiving 60-day notices in December. um, And then some more folks will begin receiving those notices in February uh, as as we move along. Um, You know, this is accounting for more than 12,000 migrants who are living in about 25 temporary shelters across the city. You know, there has been so much talk about like what resources is the city providing? What housing is the city providing? You know, And it's actually kind of the first time the city has addressed the issue, the core issue of, well, how do we get people out of this transitional housing, right? How do we actually get people into permanent housing? I think there's a lot of concern over how effective that's going to be and and Uh kind of what will the other elements of the city's support network kind of step up to help meet that need. Um, You know, there are exceptions like for example, people aren't supposed to be put out if there's a medical crisis or if there's extreme cold, right? That's you know? what I was thinking. I was like announcing a 60-day limit in November when that means for a lot of people it could be up in January just seems like, I mean, again, in addition to so many other questions I'm going to ask, <laughs> it's even more precarious. Like you're, you're going to find that, you know, for people who are in those extreme conditions are also facing a, a, a sort of unrelenting Chicago January at this point. Yeah. So extreme cold is supposed to be one of the reasons, one of the exceptional extenuating circumstances that would allow someone whose notice is up to be able to stay at a shelter if they don't have um, permanent housing. You know, I think there are a few things at play here, right? Number one is, again, we have seen, as we've talked about with all those shelters popping up in different neighborhoods, we've seen so much backlash from uh, neighborhood groups um, for for various reasons, right? Just neighbor residents of people who are just like, this wasn't communicated to us, you know, we have needs and like what is happening here. Uh, so Johnson is dealing with that element. And we you know we talked about the shelter on the far south side in the 21st ward uh, where there was a deal that was struck, right? That that shelter would only be used for, for a year, right? As a shelter. And that was sort of the first indication and one of the first things that we were seeing in like, okay, we're, we need to, shelter is a temporary thing, right? Shelter is not housing. Um, And I think, too, the other thing that the Johnson administration has kind of come out and said is like for people who are still coming to Chicago, who are arriving across the border, we want them to know what the expectation is. Um, You know, we want them to know that this is what we can provide for now. We're trying to provide for the people who are already here, you know, essentially kind of like making Chicago maybe less attractive for new Mm -hmm. arrivals, Um, you know, kind of saying like, this is this is the limit and this is what you've got. I mean, you know, 
I, I would hardly, you know, you're still taking people in. You're still not saying mm-hmm. we're not turning anyone away, but you know, you're putting a limit on something. Um, and so I think Johnson is kind of finally responding to some of those concerns and some of that, um, just kind of sentiment that has been that has been brewing across neighborhoods in the city. And while the timing may feel out of nowhere for a lot of people, it came right as city council had approved his budget plan, mm-hmm. where there is over $150 million set aside to to take care of uh, uh, asylum seekers. But also Governor Pritzker just announced millions more dollars to help Chicago build, you know, a, a more centralized intakes, uh, intake center, um, a, a shelter that might have the potential to house up to, to 2,000 individuals. Um, you know, as, as people are saying, whoa, 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 but, you know, what happens if, you know, the 60 days run? out and you talk about those potential insinuating or extenuating circumstances, but it sounds like there is some system of if your time runs out, you can go back to the centralized location, try to get, uh, you know, uh, apply to get more housing. But like we said, we have no idea how that's going to work. And, you know, when with so many other parts of this conversation, like, you know, work visas or, you know, temporary work status that that hasn't necessarily been expanded to everyone. You know, like, we, you know, there are other people from other South American countries that have come, people from Haiti that have come, people other places in Central America. And so the timing of getting a work visa, a timing of getting, you know, temporary or even permanent housing for yourself outside of the shelter system being put up against this rush of 60 days. 60 days from the moment you get to this city, there's just this clock running in the back of your head uh, on top of all these things you're trying to get. It just, yeah, it feels like it's it's going to create more stress and lead to more people getting kind of lost in the shadows. It's, it, it is. And that's sort of what advocates are already saying. Like, even with expedited uh, work permits, sort of that process being available for some migrants from Venezuela... Um, as you pointed out, it's not applicable to everybody, but also even that expedited timeline, like you could still run into issues, right? Permitting, like we're getting like visa, work permits, immigration. It is a time consuming process. On top of that, you're trying to find permanent housing. You're trying to navigate, like it's hard enough. Maybe your kid is in CPS. Maybe your kid's in CPS, but I'm just like, it's hard enough for us to find apartments out here. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been living in this city for two years. I am a citizen of this country. I speak the language. Like I have a, I have a job. Like it's hard enough to find housing out here, not to mention all the barriers that these individuals are facing. Uh, and will they be able to find both the job and the housing, are they going to be able to do that in 60 days? It, it's certainly not, it, it's very, very daunting. Um, and so I think we will see in January, you know, after sort of the first round, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. of notices are up, what does the city do then? I want to have hope that there's going to be, you know, some humanity to when these notices are up that, you know, people who just can't go anywhere, they're, they're going to still find temporary housing with the city. But yeah, this this is not going well. Well, uh, I think it's so hard because and this is what residents have been saying is Chicago is already strapped for resources. Like there are already so many people here who needed help. There were are there are already so many people for whom the winter is going to be a yes. a very rough time. And you just have even more people on top of that.
for a lot of CityCast listeners, if you're heading out of town for the holiday, you definitely uh, aren't going to be alone. There are near record number of travelers expected at both the Chicago's airports and on the roads. I'm probably going to have to make a couple trips back and forth with my sister and my aunts and my cousins coming into town. Uh, but Simone, what are those numbers looking like? Yeah, so AAA is estimating that 2.8 million people are going to be traveling by car, flights, and public transit in Illinois this week. That is uh, the second highest number on record and way, way, way up from last year. People are back. Uh, they're they're going out and uh, it's expected to be very, very, very busy. I think my biggest travel tip for people, even as we're looking at record numbers, is to remember there is still a pesky coronavirus out there in the world. Yes. And this is the exact time of the season where things start going up. I have people close to me in my life who unfortunately have recently tested positive for COVID, which is the most unfortunate kind of a reminder uh, that masking, vaccinations, taking precaution, especially when you're in a place, uh, a non-place like an airport, as crammed uh, as possible with people on planes and in terminals. Uh, so, you know, take precautions as you much and make sure you respect other people's uh, precautions uh, as well. I will say the only two times I have gotten COVID, both times I got it, I was uh, traveling through O'Hare. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know what that says. That's a sample size of one, but uh, it certainly makes me more careful. My other tip uh, for folks traveling, um, number one, just don't take the Kennedy. We've got two-week closure. We've got uh, ramp closures that are starting. Mm -hmm. So number one, if you can avoid the Kennedy, just just do that. Um, but number two, uh, my it's not, I don't know if it's a travel tip or just a life tip, Um Extra socks. Keep extra socks in your glove compartment. <laughs> I swear, you'll be happier. Wherever you're leaving, like, I, you know, you don't know if you sweat through your socks, you get cold, or you know, I don't know. Well, you, get, you get cranberry sauce on them. You're going to have extra socks uh, in, your, in your car that you could change into. Um, also, uh, make sure you have a, like, I'm a big podcaster. I'm going to be going, driving out to the suburbs, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, I... Uh, will be listening to podcasts. Maybe you're listening to a bunch of CityCast Chicago episodes in a row. We have a whole playlist for that, actually. We can link to it on our website, chicago.citycast.fm. And if you've been invited to somebody's house, you know, it's never wrong to bring something. Right? Even yes, if you pick up a quick little pie, wrong. quick little bottle or something, you know, it's it's never, no one's ever going to be like, no, they probably will. They'll probably say you didn't have to or, oh, you didn't, you didn't need to do this. They mean it bring probably. Bring ice. Bring but ice, also, man. You, you know, know how you will be the, the star of the party if you bring some ice. Like, you will be the absolute, just the goat of that entire day. Uh, Samo, you, you got to see your uh, your mother, your brother last week. You're going to be with your family out in the birds. What's something you're you're thankful for as you're getting ready to to sit down and get down? Because I, I, I know you like me. We love a good Thanksgiving plate. Yeah, we really do. I, I think everything, every single dish uh, at Thanksgiving will have pork in it, including the mashed potatoes and the rice and beans. Um, so mm. that that is something I'm looking forward to for sure. Something I am really thankful for um, in this holiday season. It has been such a, a, a wonderful year of um, like finding community for me. Like I have uh, just like found a really good group of friends um, all by like it's wild when well, you go out to places in Chicago and then you meet people and then especially uh, if you're out doing the things you like yeah versus it's, the things you you think you're supposed to be doing the things you're supposed to be doing it's weird I um yeah I started uh doing some art and playing board games and getting out and like actually developing hobbies and uh 
it has, yeah, it's been really lovely to find like a really great group of, uh, of friends and loved ones, um, in this city that I have been living in for the past few years. And I moved here during the pandemic and it was like very, very tough to, to like get out and meet people. Um, and so I, obviously I have you guys here at CityCast Chicago, uh, but it's been nice to, <laughs> to get out of the CityCast Chicago bubble a little bit and get out and get in my neighborhood and meet people. That's beautiful. Uh, and, and I'm so glad to that you have that, uh, that you've been cultivating that. And it's been cool to hear the stories every time you are talking about something cool you're doing, whether it was at first it was a lot of rock climbing rock in the climbing, neighborhood, yeah. right? The drawing class was really cool. Hearing you play D&D uh, was dope. You've done some picnics with the homies uh, yeah, yeah. this year. Uh, so that's been really cool. Um, honestly, something really simple that I've been thankful for in the last couple of months is my brother's new dog, Winston. Yes, right. so cute. He's like this mini doodle poodle, uh, and he's just got the biggest personality. He's very quiet, but he's like very curious, very rambunctious, is a beggar. And because he's a little dog, it's harder. Like, it's more annoying when a big dog is begging. So you're like, but when it's a little dog, it's like, he's like kind of barely he's there. He's just a little guy. He's exactly. just a little guy. He's just a little baby. <laughs> just wants a little bit of meat. Just wants some of your ramen. Just a little puppy. Just a little pub. You can't be mad at a little pub. It wants some little ramen. Uh, but yeah, I'm, it was very random how we got it. My mother's boss got the dog, but then it would like quickly realized how you know maybe bigger responsibility it was, and was just like ah, I can't do this anymore. And my mom immediately was just like, Josh, Josh would love the dog. And the minute I saw the picture, I was like, yes. How could you say no? And just sort of fits right into the crew. He's got little outfits and everything. So uh, he's got a cute little bandana and the picture mm-hmm. that I saw him. Uh yep. very, very just so, so it'll be Winston's first Thanksgiving at my mom's too. No. And everybody's gonna be all over the little guy. So yeah. You know, between family, friends, and the little furry animals uh in your household. We want to know what you're thankful for. Please hit us up at 773-780-0246. We love reading your text messages, listening to your voicemails, hearing your name, your neighborhood, and the thing that you're thankful for. And as always, Simone, I am thankful for you for making time. Thanks, Jacoby. Thankful for you as well. Before I let you go, one last thing. Make sure you visit our website, chicago.citycast.fm. While you're there, you can look at some of our neighborhood guides, catch up on old podcast episodes, and subscribe to the best damn newsletter in the city, Hey Chicago. We're going to be back bright and early tomorrow talking about everybody's drink they love to hate, my lord. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>